Welcome back to another episode of I Be Arden. Yes, yes, yes. It's episode your favorite. Six. It's episode six. Episode six. You're with your favorite host. We're going to be straight up honest with you guys. It has been a day. It's been a week. It's been a week. <laughs> and it's, win- today's it's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. We're recording on a Wednesday, y'all, by the way. Yeah. And and it's been a week. Um, you guys know that we are in a very, like, just dense program right now mm. and we've been working on our uh what are we working on girl our integrative our uh, integrative plans, projects our ip proposals yeah and, uh, the proposals are about to propose us so right <laughs> girl at this point it is it is a fight we are fighting for our lives but you know we're always happy to be back in the recording studio happy to bring content Ooh. We like that. Ding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Happy to bring content to you guys and excited to get into another topic. Right. Um, Yeah. So all of that to say is just bear with us this episode. But, you know, we still going to get into it. We going to do what we do. We going to make it happen, baby. Exactly. And that's on period. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Today, we're going to be covering... Just the toxicity of art, hence mm. the title, My Art May Be Toxic. Yeah. And really quick, mm-hmm. before we fully get into it, as a little recap, if you happen to miss last week's um, episode talking about the big IS in the room, imposter syndrome, mm. and how that, you know, affects how you go about your art field and how it limits you in your profession, go check that out. We have a lovely guest on that episode. Oh, yes. Ashi. Yes. Ashi. Ashi. Yeah. Simple as that. If not for us, for Ashi. For Ashi. So. For Ashi. Also, I feel like a lot of things that we're going to talk about in this episode, ep- episode, Kira, girl, right. I need to go to bed, um, episode do tie into what we spoke about last week. So, yes, make sure you go ahead and check that out um, either after this episode or, you know, just whenever you can right so anyway getting back into this episode Mm -hmm. talking about the toxicity of art and um our personal experiences um with just uh, being in just the whole thing you know being in certain environments or unhealthy environments um also i'm going to be speaking a little bit about uh the things that exist in the dance world such as like perfectionism body issues um you know even eating disorders which Mm -hmm. i feel like there's already a lot of conversation about and i just want to make sure that i share my own experience with it because i feel like in uh in the in the black community i feel like the idea of say like having an eating disorder or even something like depression like you don't those things aren't really addressed as much like I feel like we commonly push it to the side or uh you know just simply don't acknowledge it like I feel like there's pressure to just always be fine or um I know myself I've always expected myself to be fine because Mm -hmm. I either don't have the resources to like help me um you know address these address these things whether that's like going to the doctor or like you know going to go see a therapist you know so it's kind of you you just have to deal with it on your own so yeah yeah, we're gonna get into that um but we're gonna start with just like toxic environments and and what we have experienced i think mars really has something up her sleeve that she wants to share with you guys so i'm just (laughs) she over here like "Mm, mm." putting on the spot putting on the spot girl so take us away all right getting into the environments um any of my classical musicians out there and you happen to have been in a symphonic band or orchestra this one you're going to immediately know our conductors the screaming if you've ever had a toxic conductor which i'm sure someone has experienced at least once Mm. in their musical career um i have unfortunately only experienced them in my childhood so that was unfortunately yes i've unfortunately only (laughs) Well, actually, I'm fortunate fortunate to not have experienced it in my adult life. But it but is unfortunately that, that you I did experience it as a child. <laughs> That's I was like, yes. I was like, wait a second, you want it more? No, no, <laughs> no. I feel like I would have just, you know, received it maybe a little bit better as an adult. Yes, yes, okay. Then that you makes know, sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, pubescent 
<laughs> child, basically. <laughs> Got um, it. <laughs> so a little bit of a story time. The first time I ever experienced something that was like wild to see. It's all County. Everything goes back to All County, really. What what good happens there? Yeah, um, you talked about All County in... Like, I think the last episode? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, or the one before that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Either way, it's been brought up, and this likely won't be the last. Um, Correct. No. So I definitely remember there is one day we were having a rehearsal. I want to say, I can't recall if it was, like, just a regular rehearsal or if it was, like, the dress rehearsal for that performance that night. Mm-hmm. Um but what I do remember is the fact that this woman was absolutely livid. She was fed up. And, you know, I get it. Like, from a musical, you know, music educator standpoint, I understand the frustration. What I do not understand is you screaming at literally, like, 12 to 14-year-olds. Is it like she was trying to get everybody, like, on one accord, you know, get yeah. the sound, like, Yeah, right? and that's, honestly, like, her expectations were, I'm not going to say they were high, but for all county where most of them are kind of made to be there by their parents mm-hmm. unless it's a requirement from your school like you're mad that kids aren't practicing i get that but obviously that's out of your control mm-hmm. so it can only be as good as you know possible if a certain amount of students are practicing mm-hmm. and that was her issue um but again screaming at us not going to work yeah. nonetheless she's Randing and raving and swinging her baton around in her hand so much that she accidentally hits it on the stand. Mm-hmm. And she hit it so hard from, like, how hard her hands are waving that it broke. Mm-hmm. One part of it flew into the orchestra. The other part of it flew into her hand. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was immediate karma. <laughs> um, you know... God's timing is always right. <laughs> you get what you get. That's what you get for screaming at little kids. Right. And I mean, yeah, we were middle schoolers, but like, girl, what are you don't talk to your colleagues like this. Yeah, I know it's for like, a fact. Because my yourself. my lesson teacher was her employee. Mm-hmm. And that woman would have left. <laughs> yeah. You don't scream at adults like that. So why are you screaming at people who kind of don't want to be there? Yeah. You, you, you brought up the word expectation. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is like the biggest thing that that I don't know that surfaces or like comes out of you know Mm -hmm. what you just mentioned because in my experience like I as an educator and having like taught kids you know Mm -hmm. like your I didn't as much as I loved dance when I was younger I didn't get as serious about it until I got older until I you know matured and everything and that's when I was able to come into this space and take instruction from teachers and like basically like give them what they wanted and Mm -hmm. meet their expectations because I was now putting expectations on myself and so when you're teaching kids like I was teaching kids. I I began teaching kids for the first time like two summers ago. Mm. And I remember I was getting so mad at them that they weren't like that they couldn't do say exactly what I wanted them to do or that like Mm -hmm. they they weren't paying attention as well as I like wanted them to. And I didn't get it because I was like, okay, when I was a kid and I was your age. I felt like I was more driven. You know, I was very passionate about doing this and I wanted to listen to the person in front of the room. Mm-hmm. But the kids that I were teaching, that I was teaching were not the same way. Mm-mm. And that's when I was like, okay, Kira, you need to take a step back. Absolutely. Because at this point you're like projecting, you're projecting your own experience um, that you had as a child, but you're also like placing a giant expectation on them that they just cannot reach. Like I was also teaching uh, kids they were they were recreational kids so Mm -hmm. yeah like you said like some of them are forced to be there because their parents like don't want to deal with them during (laughs) during the middle of the work day or like you know they're just in it as something that's like fun you know fun little like after school or summer camp program and so I'm like baby you can't be you can't be expecting these kids to be professional (laughs) to want to be professional dancers like you know they're here for the vibes and and all of that stuff and so like but I feel like that unhealthiness, that toxicity comes in and like teachers end up creating that environment because of the expectation essentially that they're placing on the students. And it's like absolutely half of the toxicity that I think we'll kind of end up getting into today. Um, as you were saying that, I kind of realized like, yeah, half of what we're going to be talking about and what we've experienced comes from the leaders within these 
communities mm-hmm. and these experience of their expectations being set and not being met and then the reaction to them um, and even not even just their expectations and their reactions but in general the standards that they set mm-hmm. maybe being unrealistic for the group of students they have in front of them at yeah. that time the standard yeah oh girl at that time <laughs> i repeat at that time at that time because, because you need to adjust you have every to, time yes you have to adjust and you said it yourself like if you if you were older and someone you know you experienced that same treatment maybe you would have took it take taken it took, no you're no. right you maybe taken, you would have taken it, taken it. <laughs> maybe i would have experienced maybe it you <laughs> we'll go with that. oh gosh Happy maybe Wednesday. maybe it right girl maybe it would have been perceived Mm-hmm. differently and you would have known how to better manage it manage yourself you know and right you know maybe you wouldn't have even seen it as like toxic you right. know like that's one thing i wanted to say before oh, we get into this anger issues. i recognize right, <laughs> <laughs> right i recognize that like toxic the word toxic is i feel like very subjective in a sense like yeah like okay. like it, it could be you right. know i feel like especially when we're talking about it in the in the artistic world because just like you said depending on what age you know it might be perceived differently. it might be perceived differently right yeah. and so yeah, yeah. and i've run into people like uh, okay let me get into like black dance Come really on. quick because I feel tools. like black <laughs> I feel like black dance can often be described as toxic because of how demanding it is like yeah. they love to yell. They love to yell and <laughs> sometimes you're not wrong. Sometimes if oh, ooh, it's just like bringing back <laughs> Right. <laughs> Just like she thinking about the memories. <laughs> um, because if you are mentally, say if you're a person who has a lot of insecurities and talking about, uh, say, like high schoolers. Right. Middle school, middle school, high school. You're com- you're most likely de- dealing with a lot of insecurities. You're trying to say like find your voice. You're trying to like make friends. Like life just feels a little fragile, or at least it did when I was you know in those in that in that little time period. You know, right. so if I then if dance is my escape, mm-hmm. if dance is my way of getting out all of the emotions that I feel at the end of the day, or if it is my way of, uh, if it's my form of self-care, if I'm then in that environment, but now I'm being met with an instructor who I am trusting to Mm -hmm. guide me and help me, you know, help grow my love for this art form, whatever it is. If they're attacking me and I'm this fragile little individual, then it's like, is right it's like what do i it's like what what, do you want me to get what what do what do i want to get from this also it just it begins to affect your relationship with dance or with whatever other art form you're studying absolutely you know at the end of the day and my experience with um black dance and black excellence is the excellence part of it Mm. i feel like being like excellence is dang near equivalent to perfection in some areas and it's like when you fall short of when you when you fall short yeah and you don't meet and you don't meet that standard of excellence or perfectionism that your educator you know place has placed on you then you you (laughs) You feel sucky. You feel sucky. You know, you're down and and it feels like you're never, ever capable of being the dancer Mm -hmm. that you that you want to be. Like, I feel like it's just it's just like really hard. You know, (laughs) it's like really hard. And and I, you know, obviously I can't speak to everyone's experience who has been surrounded in like black dance. And and when I say black dance, I mean, like dance that's really like heavily. um, I feel like it's African influence, you know. And it's also just a very rigorous environment. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's it's like if I told you to do five pirouettes into a split, then like you better do that. And if you don't, then I'm going to yell at you. Like, right. I feel like there's just a lot of like um, aggressiveness within the form. And, and I'm just like, 
At least within like your experience, you mean within or? within within my experience, but also like I feel like as a general like consensus, like I don't mm. know. I mean, I've been around black dancers all my life, and their experience within black dance too. Like I feel like they've shared similar sentiments. So, I mean, I'm not trying to speak for it as a whole, you know, because I'm just one person. But in sharing my insights, that's how I would define it as. Okay. And so, yeah, but. Basically, I'm that person. If you yell at me, I'm a shut down. Absolutely. I'm going to Absolutely. I'm going <laughs> to shut down like I like I genuinely feel like we can get to the same we can have the same result, mm-hmm. the same finished result whether you yell at me or not. Yeah. So, let's take the yelling out of the equation because it comes down to communication. It comes down to communication and I'm like if if I am if I'm not giving you something that you want, Please properly communicate it in a way that is not demeaning, in a way that is not going to make me feel as if I'm incapable of doing anything in my life, mm-hmm. especially depending on, like you said, like what age group Absolutely. you are dealing with. If you're dealing with older adults, it doesn't mean yelling is still acceptable, but, you know, they might be able to take it more so than right. a kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so. they might be more okay with the harshness of your teaching and that's just to say that's one group of adults you could have the next group of adults that are like absolutely not Mm -hmm. do not yell at me in order to to get this done Mm -hmm. and ultimately it comes down to like i said adjusting to the group that's in front of Mm -hmm. you what's kind of been um normalized within all of these communities is that the levels of mistreatment as you get higher and more advanced Mm -hmm. are expected and that's a wild thing to normalize mm-hmm. like um yeah i feel like i kind of wild. feel like 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 artists kind of feed off of the toxicity oh, absolutely. because it's a good it's a good conversation it's, it's a marker for your success mm-hmm. people are like okay when you start as a kid they're gonna be like oh, kids whatever blah, yeah blah, blah. but it's like known that as you get older and if you're still in it, mm-hmm. that as you get more advanced, the people are going to be harsher on you. They're mm-hmm. going to be tougher. They're going to be meaner. Mm-hmm. They're not going to sugarcoat if you're doing something wrong and they're not going to treat you X, Y, Z way. Like it's literally the toxicity is normalized in your success. Yeah. And and <laughs> but, it, but it's like it's ugh. and it's nuts. It's 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 nuts. It's <laughs> it's nuts. But it's also like. Oh, I don't even I don't even know how to say it because there's a difference between you can be direct. I can tell you you didn't do the step right. But but it is how you it's how you say it. It's how you say (laughs) it and how you go about it. It's how you say it. And it's like if you're if you're attacking the person, then it's like, okay, we're not we're not doing any we're not going anywhere. Right. You know, it's just going to throw off the whole mood of the rehearsal or the practice session and then yeah everyone's gonna be pissy at the end of the day you know absolutely it, it kills the vibe for everyone involved even if it's not directed at everyone Ugh, and there's nothing like bad dance vibes oh and listen Ugh. you could be having the best rehearsal <laughs> and then one thing happens just one thing and then suddenly like just the whole energy in the room just Dead. plummets and it's like okay when is this rehearsal over because i've had so many experiences like that like making my it was my senior year and i was making my senior piece and and a lot of our rehearsals were late at night because that mm-hmm. was what everyone could could yeah. do you know and it sucked because like we're all coming from a full day so the best vibes going into the rehearsal in the first place like weren't that good mm-hmm. and but you know like sometimes i get a little like if i'm hungry <laughs> i get a little like mm. Right, you're not doing it right. A little hangry. <laughs> you're, not little doing, hangry. <laughs> you're not doing it right. Do it right, you know. <laughs> and 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 sometimes I I was that one person that made like the vibes be bad or like right. Or if if I did have good vibes, you know, if one person you know brought in bad vibes, it just it just throws off the whole room. So, oh, toxicity will get you there. Um, <laughs> it'll just the you. environment alone, like can be incredibly toxic and i think that was kind of like the point of everything we kind of just talked about is like yes the instructor but also the environment itself and what we normalize within that um that can really make a 
make or break situation for anybody yeah and i feel like like i think a lot about like mental health and Mm. and like one's mindset within a dance and within a within a space not just a dance environment but what you know that saying like you are what you surround yourself with or like you are what you eat or you are like whatever like when i there are so many issues that exist within dance like body image issues body image issues and like perfectionism and Mm -hmm. and the result of that sometimes is and this is a very like sensitive word like i'm just gonna state that but eating disorders like really do develop from dance environments Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm not a dietitian like i'm not someone that is like well versed in like eating disorders and everything um but i so i'm just simply going to speak to my personal experience absolutely um so for any of my dancers out there or for anybody that is i guess just for anybody out there there are the thing about dance is that especially depending on what type of dance you are trying to study i'm mm-hmm. going to be speaking about ballet um it can be very indicative is that the word it can be very is that the word indicative what are you trying is to that say the word indicative yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Indica- <laughs> indicative of like what you're supposed to look yeah. like or like you like 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 i'm thinking about like stereotypical ideas or like what do you see when you see a ballerina right you know it's a skinny white girl with like with feet that are looking like cashews like that's what? the image that's 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 what we call them cashew feet or that's why i call cashew them cashew feet, feet. okay um <laughs> but there's a very like specific image that pops into your head and um Fair. we we spoke about representation last what like a couple of weeks ago when mm-hmm. you're not seeing someone that looks like you that has the same like body assets as you like you you get a little like oh I don't fit into this image I don't know if I'm able to do this art I don't know if I'm able to do ballet or have the dream of being a ballerina you know like other people can so anyway when I was an undergrad um I personally felt like I was in an environment where a lot of people were struggling with body issues because it it was just so normal and it has been so normal in dance and I don't know what it was about my junior year but that was when it started to affect me like a lot of my close friends started mentioning to me how they you know how they saw their bodies when they looked into the mirror and I felt so bad for them like like I like I want I wish that there was something that I could do to help mm-hmm. but then at the same time like I began to internalize what they were experiencing and then became very critical of what I looked like yep. and you know I I I have a you know I, I have a big butt you know I feel like back when I was in my junior year like I my body didn't look how it does now right and so I started being super critical of myself and um you know I noticed what I was eating compared to what other people were eating like I didn't grow up first of all I didn't grow up in a household where we were like you know we're vegan or we're vegetarian right like like we were (laughs) maybe we were scraping by it was like you're eating ramen noodles or you're eating like like it's hot dogs every Thursday spaghetti every Wednesday like there were specific things we were eating every single week things that weren't healthy Mm -hmm. i guess you know quote unquote and so right it's like that was my normal and so when i'm stepping into environment and everyone's like very critical about what they eat what they ate sorry but very critical about what they ate i begin to i begin to take that on right and so yeah in my junior year um there was there's this one specific memory that i had and oh my gosh i like Oh my gosh, I can't even believe that this like happened, but basically I I don't want to say I started starving myself, but I definitely was like ignoring every single hunger signal that my body was giving off, especially if it got um if it was like a certain time at night, like mm-hmm. say once it was like 8 p.m., I was like, "Okay, here, like you're not eating anything." And um I was I remember like Every single day I was waking up being like, 
how does my like how does my body look now how right like does it look skinnier like like am i fitting in with everybody else Mm -hmm. and i remember that being like a really scary time for me because i was so in my head and i felt like i didn't have anybody to talk to about it and not not that i didn't have anybody to talk to about it but i just didn't want to talk to anybody about it because sometimes like if if someone's not going through the same thing as you are then it's just like I don't really want to bring it up because I feel like I wasn't going to be met with the advice that I needed or whatever. Or it would be like, you should go see a dietitian or you should go see like a therapist, you know, talk about this. But I was like, that's kind of scary to do. Right. And also, you don't want to be like formally diagnosed with something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be, I did not want to be diagnosed with that. So I was like, I don't yeah. know what to do. I don't know what to do with that, you know? And so, yeah, it it was so, it was such a scary time for me. And there was, there was one specific moment when I, when I was aware that, oh my gosh, Kira, you have been starving yourself. And it was like, oh my gosh, I had like a very heavy um, rehearsal schedule and Mm -hmm. I was allowing myself to eat like once a day and then like having a little a little like bar or something like not enough at all but it was nighttime and I got in the bed and um I remember trying to go to sleep but in my head I was telling myself you're so hungry you're so hungry you're so hungry right but then I was like no Kira like no just go to bed just sleep it off and I kid you not it was in the middle it was like 3 Mm a.m and I woke up and I was like, food, like yeah, food. A I was binge, like, a binge, food, a, a binge. And there a was binge, a tiny yeah. little bag of Skinny Pop popcorn I had, I had in my, I had in my backpack. And when I tell you, I bust that bag open <laughs> and started <laughs> shoving my face with the popcorn. And like, I literally felt like, like you know, when like, I don't know, like. I don't know, like movies or something where mm-hmm. like someone like has been starving, like they like they hadn't eaten for a couple of days and then they see food for the first time and they're right. like oh. like literally like yeah. inhaling it. That was me at three AM on the floor shoving popcorn into my face. On the floor is crazy. On the floor, girl. <laughs> on the floor. On the floor. Nuts. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, hun, we we gotta figure something else we out. We gotta figure something else out. You know, like yeah. like what's what's going on you know like what what do you need to do now in order to quite frankly save yourself Absolutely. you know like I knew that this was an environment that I could completely remove myself from because I was getting my dance degree mm-hmm. but I was like Kira there are certain things that you can start to put in place to make sure that you are not letting like this you know this toxic thing like just completely like infiltrate Mm-hmm. you and like and yeah throw you off and, and just make you unhealthy and 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 so from that I remember I started like limiting my time in the dance building yeah. and um when I when I when I did eat um I tried not to be as critical as what I was as critical as I cannot talk today I tried not to be critical as critical of what I ate um sometimes I ate alone and then I would go um go to dance and then come back and eat by myself. Like I I had to give myself a lot of space as well as a lot of grace in order to get through that time of my life. But, um, outside of me, it, it does like, it does make me so sad that like there are a lot of dancers that struggle with this. And I think this is one of the reasons why this along with the other, you know, toxic, toxic Mm -hmm. things that exist within the dance world and the ballet world, especially, um, is one of the reasons why I wanted to step back from yeah. dance because I was like, you need that break. I need that break. And it became more hurtful for me to be in an environment with people that I couldn't help. Yeah. Then like I, I couldn't, I couldn't take that anymore. And it just, for my mental health, I was like, mm-hmm. I love dancing, but I am not going to watch other people hurt themselves, you know, kill themselves be because because of art because of what because we want the perfect extension because we want the perfect body like there comes a point where I just think it's not worth it anymore like I'm not willing to risk um 
being unhealthy, you know, like I'm not willing risk. I'm just not. Yeah. There's certain things that like, I don't care how much I love this thing, you know, like you matter more. I matter more. I matter more than the thing itself. And I wish that other people told themselves that, like, I wish that that was their inner dialogue. Like I like having to think about, uh, I, it's it's a lot. And, and, you know, last semester I was in, um, in in the, in the show that Mm -hmm. that you came to. And literally my day was, I I would wake up and I would eat one thing, maybe around like three, Mm -hmm. three o'clock. And then I, because I knew that I had rehearsal at six and, I was like, I'm not going to eat before rehearsal because then I'm going to go in feeling really heavy during rehearsal. But that rehearsal was three hours. Right. So then it's 9 p.m. And I'm like, well, either nothing's open right. or I just, you know, I or I don't want to spend money. So then I'm going to bed starving. And so my body then got used to eating one meal a day. Like, like it just like it, it was just so bad, y'all. Yeah, it was so bad. And it and, and I know that it's not just me. Or I know that it wasn't just me, you yeah. know. And so I just like, <laughs> I just, it it just sucks. Yeah. It sucks. No, a thousand percent. And it's hard when you still want to be a part of these spaces. But like, even if that space is no longer your whole schedule, mm-hmm. it still is going to put those kinds of practices on you because of its inconvenient timing mm-hmm. or its length of the class or whatever. Um <laughs> crazy <laughs> <laughs> what what is it bypassing my do not disturb oh um, girl we'll edit that out anywho edit <laughs> so yeah no it's just very it's very nuts um and it kind of makes me think about like the musician's equivalent mm-hmm. is a sleeping disorder <laughs> mm. oh like excessive practicing I, not even just that excessive mm. practicing but also um doing so much that's music related to the point where you're literally not getting sleep like you're Mm. just doing it for so long that either you end up having to save everything else that's not music related until much later so Mm -hmm. then you're staying up so late or you're saving the other parts that are music related till the nighttime and then and then all of a sudden you're still staying up still staying up really late yeah and it was funny because well, it was not really that funny, but <laughs> she's like, well, actually, actually it's, it's not kinda, funny, it's but not funny. it's kind of kind of sad, <laughs> but like, <laughs> no, like I think I, I first started experiencing that in high school mm-hmm. where I was literally replacing sleep with caffeine Mm-mm-mm. because and I think I started, I may, I don't know if I mentioned Mm-mm. this. I think I may have said this to you, like outside of like podcast mm-hmm. stuff. But literally, and my mom can probably remember this as yeah. well, like my sophomore year of high school, literally, and that's also the year that I decided to do the musical at my school. Oh, wow. <laughs> she had a death wish. Anywho. <laughs> nice. Literally, like the amount of caffeine I was consuming within a day, high thousands. Like, I want to say, oh, Within one day, I would have had maybe two monsters, a coffee, like a large coffee from oh Sheets. God, Sheets gas station. If y'all know Sheets, I don't know what Sheets is, but if you know a Wawa, if you know like, oh a Wawa, a Wawa is a Sheets version. But, Girl, I don't know what Sheets. <laughs> Sheets is better. Anywho, I am. Is team it just Sheets. like Seven Eleven? Uh, better, <laughs> but better. Um, Bucky's. Huh. We ain't got that. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah, like these big coffees. I'd have a couple of those within a day. If I had a late rehearsal, that's two monsters right there. Um, coming home. And I I was also a tea drinker anyway, like just in general. Mm-hmm. So that's also caffeine. Like when I say thousands that's crazy, of grams girl. of caffeine in a day as a 15-year-old, just to get everything done i'm going to sleep at 3 a.m waking up at like seven maybe six so i can be to school and be ready whatever yada yada and this was every day every day (laughs) every day and i didn't even realize how bad it was until at some point i had to up it Mm -hmm. because what i was consuming wasn't Wasn't working oh my god (laughs) it was that's when i was like oh 
this might be oh my goodness mars and it was crazy like i didn't really think anything of it because i'm just like it's whatever i have things to get done because i don't know why i was that involved mm-hmm. actually i really wasn't doing much other than schoolwork and rehearsals <laughs> that's mm-hmm. it um nonetheless i i noticed the pattern quickly and so i like stopped it however it had a it had a ripple effect mm-hmm. for my following two years of high school and then come college it didn't i didn't start again mm-hmm. just think we got better we we did <laughs> we got better we were a little bit more mindful mm-hmm. however not only at that point like entering college was i supplementing a little bit of coffee caffeine wow nice listen Mm -hmm. it's it's a day Mm -hmm. a little bit of caffeine um for (laughs) for like rest Mm -hmm. but also i was also supplementing it as like a cool i don't have time to eat but i have caffeine Mm. um so there was mm. that and mm. you know first that's year, a conversation right girl there. supplementing because sometimes else. i will get coffee before i get food oh absolutely and it's like yeah because it's like that's all i really need right now i'm not hungry nonetheless a less serious version of 15 year old me in mm-hmm. high school situation trickled into college now that it's i'm a music major still in the music education i'm taking like 13 to 15 classes my first semester mm-hmm. ever um which i think maybe 10 if not 11 of them were all music mm-hmm. classes so doing all of that and trying to find time to like do anything else take care of your body and like yeah, rest and all that stuff wasn't happening yeah so it was like that time all over again and it's it's known like if you're a musician there's constant jokes that you'll see like on social media if you happen to follow those pages or whatever where it's like rest musicians don't know Mm -hmm. rest like i feel like also (laughs) yeah i feel like also with music Mm -hmm. it comes it comes home it comes home and you're still thinking about it yeah it comes home with you and you can pull like you can take out your instrument at literally any moment of yeah. the day or night and practice it versus like with dance obviously like it comes home with you too because your body is your instrument but like right. if i ain't got no dance studio you know if i don't have space in my house to be whipping out turns and 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 you know just overly practicing or if whoever i'm doing the dance with if they're not there if we're not in the studio space to practice then yeah i can let it go for the day you know but so it's like it is you- to an extent because thankfully at least with college the there was the barrier of like a roommate if you're dorming. So oh for yeah, me, so it's like I'm not gonna pull out my instrument. Right, wow. I can't pull yeah. it out. And like, luckily the dorm that I, it wasn't luckily then, but I'm saying luckily now, mm-hmm. that it the dorm didn't have um, practice room. So if I needed to practice, you would which, have to like, I'd have trek to walk all like a the 15 minute across, walk oh, yeah. from 12th Street to 4th Street. Absolutely not. Yeah, to get to the <laughs> building where all the practice rooms are. If it's one thing college did for me when I. Mm, in my later years, mm-hmm. it was made me more lazy. <laughs> to an extent, a little because of to the distance. Extent. Like yeah, I girl. feel like, like, or, and I guess I wasn't living on campus my last two years, so getting that like distance was a little bit easier. But I, I so I guess I'll speak on my first my first two years of college. Like you know, I'm on campus. If I want to walk to the dance studio, it's like a five minute walk. You know, like it's. It's quick. I'm mm-hmm. in there. I can do whatever I want. And I was, you know, you're more motivated when you first get to college. Oh my god, I'm gonna be studious. I'm gonna blah, 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 blah. right. All oh. that, just all that extra energy, girl. For what? But, <laughs> but then, <laughs> when you get to your later years, yeah, I'm, I'm like, done. I'm, I'm done. I have to get, I have to get in the car, mm-hmm. back out of my parking space, go out of the garage, turn onto the street, then find another parking space. And then get out of my car, walk to the dance studio. Like, it was just a lot of steps. Oh. It was just a lot just practice. And so I was like, okay, yeah, you know, we're just going to, we're just, we're just, we're just not going to go unless I have to go. So. See, if it was a drive situation, girl, I'm going to hop in that car. But I will, that's, 
living in the city for undergrad mm-hmm. made me lazy in the sense of like I actually don't feel like walking those 10 blocks to campus 10 blocks is I, crazy or depending on like the year because my sophomore year mm-hmm. I lived basically like a mile from campus mm-hmm. so that's more than 10 blocks that's yeah. like a 30 minute walk actually it was really like 20 minutes it's not that bad that's still a lot but either way <laughs> and there was a shuttle but it only came at certain times mm-hmm. and if you didn't take that you got to take the train and then even then you got to walk like four it's or five lot. blocks just to, to practice campus it was <laughs> So it just, it, ma- it made me sen- like lazy in that sense of like, you know what? We're not doing that. Mm-hmm. But luckily that dorm had practice rooms. Mm. Um, now my junior and senior year is a different story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? For a second I thought I got louder and I was like, what? Yo, the way Marsh just looked at me was like, you just looked so startled. <laughs> and I, was like, I think I just became overly aware of my sound. <laughs> um, I was like, did you forget everything that you were going <laughs> to say or something? Nonetheless, the the point I think that we started getting on was like, <laughs> even then, like the, the stigmas within each area, uh, we're not stigmas, but like habits mm-hmm. that come out of trying to perfect your craft, um, typically not intentional, end up happening and they're normalized. They're mm-hmm. maybe even joked about. Like they are, bro. They're can joked we about. Talk about that. <laughs> they joked are joked about. about. Like it's. Ugh, you said it earlier. Like it, it. Like it's like trauma bonding. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. And you use it. You you say certain things as a means to either like outcast other people sometimes, mm-hmm. but also just like simply bond with somebody else. It's like, oh my Absolutely. god, you got hit with a stick too. Me too. <laughs> Twins. Oh. Right. And it's like. It's like, uh, do you know what you just said? Right. You know, like, it's like, say that to yourself one more time. Right. Or <laughs> in, in a way, of, in a means of like outcasting somebody, you'll be like, oh, you didn't have, this didn't happen to you. You're uh, not a real dancer. You're right. not a, you're not a real whatever. You're not a, you're not a trooper. Like you don't know what it means to, to struggle for your to art. To struggle for your art. And I'm like, baby, why does it always have to be a struggle? Like, why does, why does, like, genuinely, why does toxicity have to like, it's like a, it's like a qualification for for like being an artist like i like you know what i'm trying to say like it's like i'm like what it Mm. just it's it's so bad it is and it's it's really funny because that makes me think about also a high school experience like the musical theater department Mm -hmm. it is it was known that the at the time director over that department like flat out saying it she was a hard ass Mm -hmm. and everybody terrified of this woman mm-hmm. or you were like someone who just didn't care and were like okay i hear you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like <laughs> she was someone who was constantly yelling mm-hmm. hollering listen you could hear her from down the hall up the stairs on the way on the fourth floor she had some pipes okay Why but are you yelling everyone knew it was kind of like oh it was kind of the opposite of like she doesn't yell at the ones that she likes as much Mm -hmm. or she doesn't really scream at them or pick on them. But like the ones that she didn't, she was picking on them. She was, you know, nitpicking, doing all these things where it's like, this person is doing worse than me. Mm -hmm. What's the issue? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like all across the department, not even just musical theater, but also like the actors. And so it kind of makes me wonder for like, even like obviously other schools, but other, uh, disciplines and mediums what those experiences are for them so yeah yeah and feel free and, to say something no feel free <laughs> to say something and i also feel like this is probably another conversation that we'll have to bring back do a part two where we have like some others all yeah. like all disciplines on you know music dance theater visual art like yeah. what is what is it like like yeah i don't know taking like art classes or something like i i've no idea yeah because for me all i can go off of like is what my friends have told me they've experienced Mm -hmm. and even then you know some are just like oh this person's just mean but it's also the same idea of like yeah well this person's also really good and they're telling you like this is what they experienced so that's why they're like this and it's like okay so this is a bigger thing it's Mm -hmm. not just them Mm -hmm. it's the field yeah it's and i mean it's, it's the field you, I mean, it, it's kind of like how you and i even came to i mean like be close friends and, and, yeah. and starting this podcast like 
we realized that our experience that it wasn't just, just us. us. You yeah. know, like at first we might have thought that we were going out and alone, but the minute that we talked, we were like, Oh my oh. gosh, you experienced this toxic thing too. Right. So it's like yeah, this is when you start to realize that, okay, this is probably, yeah, like you said, a bigger issue, something that's way outside of me, you know, and, and like it's sometimes it's like a good thing because it does allow us to bond with one another. It does allow us to, you know, make those uh, connections with people. But it's just on the flip side, it's like, why do we have to trauma bond? Like, why yeah. does the point of initiation like why does it start with a conversation of bad things that have happened to us like why does it start with the combination of bad things like it's like like i i just i wish that that wasn't the reality of some experiences but unfortunately it is and but i i do think that I do think that the, when we come together and have these conversations, like we are going to be the next generation of artists to change like the overall culture and, uh, you know, these, these toxic environments, you know, like I don't think we're going to, um, you know, like keep enabling them, you know, feeding into them. Um, we, I mean, I feel like our generation really emphasizes, um, mental health anyway. Right. So like what? You? (laughs) Oh, mute. Okay. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> it's like, what are you saying? Um, Sorry, but... <laughs> it's like, what? Cool. Um, so but yeah. Gonna, hold on. Pause. <laughs> pause. You good? <laughs> All right. Yes. Resume. So, yeah, I feel like. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And start. Yeah, I feel like our generation, you know, there has been a surge in mental health talk. You know, like like we're always like, how is your mind? How are you feeling? Whatever. And so right. as that relates to like our future and how we go about um, being leaders in these spaces, like I think, like I said, we're going to be the ones to change you know, those environments and we're not going to be as quick to be like, you know, like yelling at people or be like, you're not good enough. You're never going to make it, you know, all of this stuff. So we're going to be more considerate of the human, of the human human. baby of the human. Yeah. Because yes, you're an artist, but But you're you're also human. human. You are a person. You are a full person. It is literally so impossible for you to just, you know, that saying where it's like, Leave your feelings at the door. You cannot leave your feelings. You can't at the do door. that. And it's like I, I understand what they mean mm-hmm. because it's like, yes, if I come into a room and I'm like having a really bad day, that does not give me the right to then like piss on everybody else, at you know, all. and like take that anger out on everybody else. So I get it in that sense. But also it's like if someone is having a bad day, how about as the teacher, I'm gonna recognize that and be like, hey, like, you, do you need a minute? Do you need a minute? You seem a little off. If do you, you want to sit out today? If you want to sit out today, that's fine. Like creating that space for people to even just come to you and yeah. feel safe enough to be like, hey, I don't have it in me today. At all. Like, yeah. I don't have it in me. Like, you know, so I sometimes 50% is your 100% that day. Yeah. And I like, and that's I feel okay. like that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. There is one thing that I want to touch back on that you started to get, to get into mm-hmm. about the trauma bonding within these areas <laughs> um, and how, you know, it can potentially also be a way to exclude others um, because some of sometimes some of the toxicity that we experience within like our own fields and our own disciplines is that. It's not always obviously like from the educator, but it's also from your peers. It's, and the, from, your it's from the competition, peers. especially it's... if it is something oh like dance gosh. or music where, yes. yes, you know, you're working as a unit, but at the same time, you're competing for that chair. You're pe- like, you're, it's like, yeah, you know, he, he, ha, ha, that's my girl. It's where that nice, nasty, but that heavy, nice, nasty. Sometimes it's just nasty. It... Sometimes it's just nasty. And yes. I've, <laughs> ex- I've seen those occasions where it's just like, 
okay, you're being really friendly to me outside Out. of this, but the moment we're in there, like, you're a witch. You're, you're <laughs> a witch, girl. You're a witch. <laughs> and it's like, dude, we, we're not auditioning mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. You're not being focused on. Yeah. Like, why are you acting this mm-hmm. way? But it's it's for the chair. It's for the spot. It's mm-hmm. for the role. It's from your peer. And I think we kind of started to touch on this in our first episode where we were like, it's hard to talk with each other about that because you're also my competition. Mm-hmm. But it's also hard to talk to you. Like, obviously, yes, because you're my competition, but also because we haven't fostered that in the space we've Mm -hmm. only fostered our connection outside outside Outside. and inside it's dog eat dog Mm -hmm. and that also adds to the atmosphere of a room if you're like oh i gotta be on my p's and q's Mm -hmm. when i'm around Susie, suzanne yeah (laughs) because she's she's coming from my spot no 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 like that that's i'm very happy that you brought that up Mm because then i think that that brings us to like the larger conversation of like how can we foster supportive environments for our peers Mm -hmm. not just outside of the dance studio or of the practice room or of the art studio but inside as well like yes this is a space for us to you know refine our discipline and to you know train and get better at our technique but if when i'm performing a piece if nine if if majority of performing is working with one another mm-hmm. then i also know how to i also know how whoa i also have to know right. how to be supportive mm-hmm. of the people that i'm working with give that support and know how to receive it and just as you said like that dog eat dog mentality i hate it so much it's, like i uh, i can't so tell you pressure. how much hate i have encountered not like towards me but like just like experience in an environment where like one person gets a solo and the other people are like stuck dancing with the group and everyone just starts like dogging on that person that has a solo and i'm like not you being mad that first of all not you being mad that they got it but right. like second of all why like why is that why is the first thing that pops into your mind like oh oh like ugh, they're ugh, not that good or ugh, they're not that good they didn't deserve or it. i'm better or, or whatever. i'm better than them i should have got it like, it's like why are you comparing yourself you didn't get it boom you didn't get it you didn't get it but also i'm like we ugh. being the center of attention is not always everything and also sometimes if someone does get a solo it doesn't mean that like they are more favored over Mm -hmm. another person like like we sometimes when people are a butt hurt it just it just gets taken to like certain extremes and then it's used as a way to like you said like outcast other people and just be so mean and i'm like and this is not (laughs) excusing situations where it's very clear that there are favorites this is about general situations where it's obvious that there are not and you're feeling some kind of envy, some kind of negativity mm-hmm. towards someone for getting something you wanted. You wanted. Or vice versa. You got something someone else wanted and now you're experiencing the negativity. Exactly. So that just, just want to complete so, the two. Yeah. No, no, no. That was, no, thanks for pointing that out. That's <laughs> not, that was perfect. Thanks for pointing that out. But yeah. it's like, it's like, yeah, like, like I genuinely hate other dancers like, I, I just people in general like like just completely just being so unsupportive of somebody else's win mm-hmm. you know like and and it's from my experience I I I never felt like I was a person that ever got a solo mm-hmm. which like at first I think that I really internalized that yeah. but I didn't I didn't see it when whenever that was ha- whenever that happened I it, I wasn't like oh at them you know like right. they, they got something that i wanted like i use that as an opportunity to be like okay kara what can i work on that way then i feel like i'm in the running for like for a solo or whatever like i always try to turn it into a learning opportunity like there are some uh, i'm gonna just say it some people just think that they are just the ish oh they absolutely just think that they are just like the best in the world oh, absolutely. and i'm like baby you need to humble yourself thousand percent because people can feel that energy and personally if i'm working with you i don't care how good you are if that's if that is the attitude that you bring into the space i'm not going to work with you or i'm not i'm not going to give you this part yeah. i would rather work with somebody who has potential to get there and they can than, work to get and there. they can work to get there rather than somebody who has a nasty 
attitude and is already there a nasty attitude will literally ruin everything for someone exactly and it's funny because like (laughs) i i'm gonna say that i had the privilege Mm -hmm. and this is in quotes y'all um to see someone go through that phase Mm -hmm. at least during high school where he was someone who was very cocky Mm -hmm. another violinist incredibly cocky and I think you. I think he was a year ahead of me. Mm, let me not say too much. Um, right. <laughs> we just gonna say he was ahead of me. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> either way, he very cocky. You know, he was a good player. He was a great player. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that the kid has skill. However, the attitude about it, dog water. His other peers that were also instrumentalists. Mm-hmm. I will not say what they played, mm-hmm. but they were also the same way attitudes dog water when they were all together all of them dog Dog water water. (laughs) (laughs) so a lot of people did not like these group of boys yeah and by the time that they were seniors they had you know kind of started to realize that like yeah you're good but you're not going to be rewarded for your attitude just because you can be rewarded for your playing Mm -hmm. and thankfully we had our assistant you know music director where she didn't play that Mm -hmm. and she actually said like you're being rude Mm -hmm. you're rude i'm not dealing with that and she luckily called them out on it aside from us students Mm -hmm. and so they kind of got to grow with her a little bit and by their senior year like i was friends with this kid for Mm -hmm. the most part he had dialed back the the tood he because he was good. Yeah, he was. Listen, he was good. He was better. He actually was helping mm-hmm. others in his section since he was section leader and also, um, what is that called? Concert master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, what a blank. But he got better because mm-hmm. he realized, like, yeah, if your attitude's going to be like that, nobody's one going to want to play with you, two, right. want to talk to you, three, do anything with you. And that's how simple as that. Because to be honest, listen, there was someone in my cohort in my graduating class Mm -hmm. who was equally if not better Mm -hmm. and she had a great attitude great attitude if he hadn't fixed it i don't know if he would have been setting where he sat his senior year Mm -hmm. as the only person in his class Mm -hmm. so the fact that he did change it like that will make a difference yeah it does make a difference your attitude make a difference that's why i like uh, that's why I feel like I, in my personal, like, teaching philosophy or, like, you know, if I'm teaching a master class or, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, when I'm just talking to people in general, like, I really try to come from a place of love or I try to yeah. emphasize to other people, like, guys, let's let's be caring of one another. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, like, let's genuinely, like, live our lives with love you know from a place of love for one another because also you don't know what's gonna happen at all you like 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 you can't take anything for granted and like i just i don't think that it's worth it to just be live a life being so mean to people if you even if you, even if you are like really good because then i just feel like you're going to be alone at the end mm-hmm. of the day you know like as like anytime you you move forward into forming your mouth to say something to someone that is very mean just because you feel like you are better than them i'm like not only were you just mean to someone but you also just lost a potential friend you know Absolutely. like like you like your village your community whatever it is like it is shrinking it's dying down and people talk the art, the, the artistic world is not small. It's based I mean, on connections. The, it's not big. It's not big. It's based on connections. Everybody knows everybody, and so mm-hmm. it's like, like you really have to be aware of how you are carrying yourself into these spaces. And I'm just like, I'm like, some sometimes you are your, you are your own downfall. Oh, nine times, you know, nine times out of ten, and 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 like yeah it's very important to be aware of that as an artist because yeah like i said earlier like i'm not gonna want to work with you and i guarantee you that there are other people out there who like 
feel the same way. And as that relates to toxicity, I don't think that that is like someone saying, "Hey, I don't want to work with you because of your attitude." I don't think that that's toxic at all. That like I think not. that I think that that's setting a boundary and trying to be aware of the space that you're trying to cultivate, yeah. you know, for other people. Like art is art is community. Mm-hmm. Art is I, I think art is love. Art is freeing. Art can be all of these things. And so it's like if I if I'm the one that is in charge of a space, like I'm going to make sure that I allow it to be those things. I'm going to make sure that I don't bring in any factors that could possibly like affect, you know, the camaraderie that can come out of us dancing together or having a jam session or, you know, getting together in paint, like whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> no. Yeah. And it's. It's interesting because people sometimes act that way because they want the perception of them as an artist to be good, Mm -hmm. but they forget about the fact that the perception of them as a person, both inside of your art space and outside of it, kind of matter more. It does matter more because it's like... It matters more. Like, yes, you can be a great dancer. You can be a great musician. Mm -hmm. However, if it is known... If you as a person are horrible to work with, Mm -hmm. people are going to stop wanting to work with you. And even if you're someone at like a big level, like, for example, um, everybody knows Jim Carrey Mm -hmm. and, you know, he's a funny guy. He's a funny actor. Always been funny. And for a while, I think a lot of people like (laughs) loved him as an actor Mm -hmm. until it kind of started getting out that like he's hard to work with Mm -hmm. and not hard to work with in terms of like oh, he has a lot of demands, but hard to work with in terms of his attitude and how he treats people. And once that kind of started happening, I feel like the Jim Carrey wave kind of started to die down. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like everyone was like, oh, yeah, I love Jim Carrey. He's so funny. Now it's like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. okay. (laughs) People remember how you treat them before they remember what you did for them. Not even for them, just what you do, what you did. Like, Like, I'm like, I'm like... You're going to remember Watch the negative back. before the <laughs> You're positive. You're going to remember the negative before the positive. Like, I think that that's like a scientific fact also. Oh, absolutely. Do I have the numbers? No. Don't ask. Please don't, don't ask. Never ask. Never ask. But it's like. <laughs> never ask is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like, and, and one of my friends from undergrad used to tell me that um, you, oh my God, what did he say? It's like you, trust is gained Trust is gained in pieces but lost in buckets. Oh, absolutely. And so the minute that you do something wrong or, like, have a bad attitude with someone, whatever it is, like, it is going to literally be ten times harder for someone to trust you again or want to work with you again or Mm -hmm. feel as if, like, you are capable of coming through for them or to, yeah, build back that simple um, aspect of, like, safety Mm -hmm. around them. Like, it's... Yeah. And that goes for everything within the arts, like your dependability, your accountability, mm-hmm. your um, ability to follow through. Mm-hmm. All of those things play a part within your discipline, whatever it is that you're doing in your career, if it is your career, even if, it, if, even if it's not, if it's just like a little promise to do something for a friend arts related or even honestly pause arts aside that is a general it's a thing. general thing that is a, it's general, a general thing, thing no matter what right. you're doing with your life but for the for the sake of the podcast in arts and arts mm-hmm. um arts wise when that's all that they know of you is what yeah, you can do and <laughs> your follow through and yes they might know your art but if they also have an idea of you, mm-hmm. and that's based off of just your actions, just you, not, you know, talk about you. Not that. I'm not talking about, you know, if your name been ran through the mud, whatever, by somebody with a vendetta. I'm not talking about it's that. It's you. It's you. I'm talking about the perception about you mm-hmm. and the, your actions that they've seen, mm-hmm. that they've experienced. Those things Matter. can either make or break you. And you have to be aware of them. You have you to do. You have to be aware of them. They made me think of something, but I'm not going to touch on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. We can say we can add that to another thing later. Mm-mm. No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's funny because I actually had like another example of myself, but I'm like, no, maybe you shouldn't say it. <laughs> right. Right. I just thought of something, and I was like. Ah. Uh, actually, we won't touch like, that. Mm, Sorry, I would be calling somebody. Out. 
Right. <laughs> heavy on it. Heavy on it. We'll talk about it later. Just right. Because now I'm wondering if you think of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but all that goes to say is like perception matters when it comes to your character as an artist and not just you as an artist yeah you're, yeah you're you, ha- you, you have to think about both and, and it has to be i would say it has to be balanced but genuinely like i just i just think that who you are as a person really does matter more than who you are as an okay. artist absolutely sometimes. some people don't care about that but guess what new day new age new and day new age baby as we get older that <laughs> i feel like that's gonna phase out like you were saying and so you know just be self-aware be more self-aware of you know, obviously, if you live your life where you don't care what people think of you, that's fine. But ultimately, like, but sure don't just be out here being mean to other people. Right. Like, like, and don't let that you, get in the way of your coin, because at some point, if it is like that, you are kind of a bad person or not even that you're a bad person. You just have a nasty attitude mm-hmm. or you come off as having a nasty attitude like that can, you know, eventually start affecting affecting your coin. Your coin and who yeah. hires you and and also because I realized that this could also potentially come off as like especially for our target audience of, you know, black artists. This is not saying, you know, kiss up to whoever. Mm-hmm. This is not that. This is at the very basic level don't have a bad attitude and when i say bad like and i'm not talking about if you have a rbf i'm not talking about that genuinely talking about like cool if all you do is go in do your art maybe make small talk and leave you're fine i'm not talking about you being antisocial. i'm not talking about that for no one's telling you to become someone that you're you're not that you're nobody's saying listen nobody's saying kiss ass <laughs> nobody's saying kiss nobody's ass saying like, <laughs> but what we are saying is genuinely like if you're going out of your way this is about those going out of their way to be nasty yeah and looking down on others that is that's the nasty that we're talking about yeah that's who you that's are the person. out that of your way to like your cult that doesn't yeah. have to be like a like that's something not a, that's it's not a call uh, attached out. to like a specific <laughs> culture or something no 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 not um, at all yeah but i didn't i was like pause she's like wait let me make sure she, i was like i do not want to convey that to my people yeah um because niceness politics are out the window mm-hmm. um <laughs> so mm-hmm. truly we're not saying be nice we're just saying don't be nasty isn't, right <laughs> that's it that's Simple it as that um but yeah i feel like I think that's kind of the end. I feel like that's the end, yeah, of this episode. I ain't got nothing else to say, to be honest. Girl, you know what I'm thinking about, my bitch? I'm thinking about this IP. It's Valentine's Day. How, well, oh, for us. for us. <laughs> for us it is. Y'all will be finding this out or hearing this. The um, following week. The following right? week. Yeah, yeah the following not this week. Friday, next Friday. Yeah. But so, we hope that you did have a good Valentine's Day. Right. So sending you all the love mm-hmm. on this happy February 14th from Kira and Mars. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. Toodles. Bye.